1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
0: Super excited for my guest today, Cody Thunderberg, uh, a pitcher in the Twins organization. Cody, how's it going, man?
1: Good. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm glad to get you on. Like I said before, we recorded. Happy that Andrew was able to uh, set this up. You know, kudos to him. Especially shout out to him for pitching in the uh, WBC. I don't know if you caught caught any of that, but uh, it's been it's been electric so far. The whole entire atmosphere of at the WBC.
1: Uh- yeah, definitely. I watched him because we were both from Arizona when we went to like middle school together. Okay. So I got I saw that he was playing for Tim Israel, and I definitely made sure to tune in to see when he got in. I watched his inning. You know, it was, like bases loaded versus Gary Sanchez, like thirty thousand people. Like, yeah. In Miami too, with like the DR, so you know it's like going crazy. Yeah. Like, yep. He said it, he he said it was pretty nuts. So like, I can only imagine like what it was like.
0: Yeah, and like I wanna, I I got some hate I want to share with for the uh, the umps because I feel like that that pick off the first, I feel like yeah, I feel like he got him, he kind of got screwed.
1: It was very close, bang bang, and like I mean, as a pitcher, those are the ones you just like, I want that so yeah. bad, especially in a situation like that, like helps you out a little bit getting out.
0: But yeah, and I feel like they kind of changed the he whole. He ended up getting out of it. Yeah, no, he did, and I, but I feel like sure. it kind of changed the whole tune of the the inning, but like that could have been a huge turning point. Um, it was a cool like pickoff play just in general. Like mm-hmm. the, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it watching him throw. I'm like oh snap, like that's kind of
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> sick. No, absolutely. And like like you said, it's a whole momentum shift, especially like in a stadium that's probably rooting for the yeah. dr. Like kind of stealing like that kind of steals like the the energy out of the stadium. But you know he ended up doing good and getting out of it so.
0: Yeah, no, and, and, like, I mean, it's it's been such an electric environment. You talked about, like, all, DR, Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican. Well, half Puerto Rican, half Mexican, so I was cheering for Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Mexico won. It was a huge thing. Now I'm kind of cheering for uh, USA, I guess. We'll see how it happens. But uh, mm-hmm. the whole environment, I just feel like it's been just, like, we t- definitely missed that. Like, it's been, what, six years since the previous one, when not thanks to COVID yeah. and stuff. Yeah, no,
1: definitely. I- a lot of the guys here talk about, like, if you got asked to play, like, would you go play? And I, almost every single one of them are like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Like, it looks so sick. Like, yeah. the invi- like the play environment looks unbelievable.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's been electric. And, and, of course, you know, with several superstars getting hurt and injured and stuff, now it's that whole uh, discussion, like, is it worth doing? And, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a player, but I, I feel like I would love to represent my country or my dad's country like, in any way I possibly could.
1: Uh huh. No, absolutely. And like, I mean, like the Jose Altuve injury, you just like the same thing could happen in spring yeah. training. Like, you know, someone could run a fastball up and then break his thumb in, in spring training. Like, for hitters, like, I like the at bats I feel like are more beneficial because, like, the type of environment you're mm-hmm. playing and, like, it is like a playoff environment and oh, guys sure. are throwing their best stuff. I kind of I, I understand the pitching side a little bit where, like, it, throwing it in that like extreme playoff environment yep. like you are a little bit more pumped up on adrenaline and maybe it is Mars and your arm isn't built up for that kind of environment but at the same time like if i knew months in advance like i think like
0: you can get ready i would be
1: prepared to to, to like at least throw enough right but yep. i don't know i've also never been in that situation yet to where i've had to build up for something like that but my take is I would want to play.
0: Yeah, so. no, for sure. And let's kind of talk about Andrew, I guess, since, you know, we kind of mentioned him, you went to school with him and stuff. How was he in, in middle school? Mm-hmm. Do you have any, like, funny Andrew Grow stories that I can kind of poke fun of him later?
1: No, I don't have anything funny. I just know that, like, we went to, uh, I want to say it was, like, sixth, maybe it was, like, fifth grade together, and just both from being from Arizona, mm-hmm. and, you know, I always look back to, like, you know, see who I played against growing up in Arizona, and, like, guys who I thought were really good, even when we were super young, like, (laughs) like I played against Cole Tucker. Uh, Oh, I think he's at the Rockies now. Yeah. And like, he just kind of like always knew he was going to be like, like a big leader. Like he just was so good from 13. And like, honestly, Andrew Gross was a little undersized and he still found a way to, you know, pitch, pitch his ass off, Mm -hmm. get to a division one. And, you know, he's having success in, in pro ball now. So it's like, cool to see that he was one that i played it like with against and that you know he's the one you know quote unquote like making it yeah so.
0: did you take him deep i know you were a, a top ranked like first baseman I, back in the day
1: yeah i don't remember if i because he went to uta and i went to dbu and we did we played him twice in midweeks and i don't remember if i ever gotten about him off him or not so i definitely didn't hit a home run because yeah. i think i would remember but i don't even think i faced him. Oh, okay.
0: No worries, but like I said, like you were one mm-hmm. of the top like uh, first basemen, and I think you were the number two first baseman in the state of Arizona. Um, just kind of mm-hmm. talk, take a step back, and look at your like your baseball history and stuff, and where you kind of started. For sure, um, you obviously were a first baseman, a really good one. Um, uh-huh. When did you start maybe thinking pitching as seriously? And because obviously, that's where you are now, and like where did that all begin? Uh,
1: not until I got drafted. <laughs> I was a I was a hitter for my whole life. Uh, I always pitched because I was like just tall and left handed. Like, I, I still don't throw like, like, have crazy velocity. I yeah. never have. Like, I'd say I, I threw my first 90 mile an hour fastball like my sophomore year in junior college. I was just big, big bodied, left handed, like, probably projected really well mm-hmm. on the mound. But like, I always swung the bat well. And, on the mound if you look at my numbers in college they're not good pitching numbers like really bad walk numbers like i could strike guys out because i think i just had like a mix of like like, command like sometimes i'd be in zone and it was like that those guys that are like kind of wild to like strike guys out um and so it wasn't until the twins drafted me in 18 where i became like a pitcher only and even at like dbu i was like the midweek guy but i i always erred on the side of hitting like if any scheduling conflicts like I was in the cages hitting like I was throwing bullpens at the end of like four-hour hitting practices like I just wasn't working on pitching until I got to the Twins where I became a PO and you know I could they wouldn't let me hit anymore obviously and so it was pretty much figure out how to pitch now.
0: I feel like when you get drafted you mm-hmm. were thinking you're drafted as a first baseman then the Twins are like psych mm-hmm. uh we're gonna have you throw
1: right and like during the whole process like when you like you get interviewed with teams and stuff and they like they asked me like what what do you want and like mm-hmm. i was at the time i was thinking like i'll be like i mean show he wasn't a thing yet but yeah. Was, like yeah I'll, I'll be 2 i'll do both and then like if i play myself into one like i do better at one then like maybe in the future we talk about sticking with one but like i wanted to leave all my options on the table for teams to like take me as both, take me as one like i told them i don't care like i just want to play pro bowl yeah and the twins, I, the scout that drafted me, I honestly only talked to him like twice. He uh, he called me once on the phone and like just you know expressed that they were interested and yada 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 all that stuff. And then he showed up to one of our practices in the fall and he just it was like a quick five minute conversation. Just you know I want to put you like a name to my to, to my face so you know who I am, you know. And and then draft day like I didn't even they never called me or anything. I just got drafted. So. <laughs> And then I just knew, and I saw they said left-handed starter. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to the Twins as a pitcher.
0: So, so in in in, in high school and stuff, when did you commit? Because obviously you went JUCO route, which is we'll talk about that in a second. Um, were other uh-huh. were there other like colleges or universities that you were interested in? Like, how's the whole recruiting process? Because obviously pitching, but you're also are you also hitting, but you're kind of pitching too.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, no, like, That was the same thing in high school. I was like more like I was still like hitting a lot better, yeah. and like I was just really raw on the mound. Um high school I had like no offers I had I had a really good sophomore year and then my junior year was not as good and that's kind of when like like I was talking to Grand Canyon for a little bit and I guess you could say that was like I was playing on their their travel team uh, my sophomore year and junior year so it was like I was always around them they just become division one like they were new and upcoming like it was in my hometown too. So I guess like GCU, it wasn't my dream school, but I was like pretty hyped that they were talking to me. And like, I want, I kind of wanted to play for them. Uh, junior didn't turn out as good as I wanted to. So like, they kind of pulled any interest they had. And then that's when become, I only had two junior college offers, basically one to central Arizona and then one to Mesa. And then I took the one to Mesa. Yeah. Um, partially because my high school coach went there and like, I had like some connections, like, I just felt like I would play there more because central gets a lot of like D1 bounce back, like, really, really good players. And, like, I was a good player. I just wasn't – I was not ready for that yet. I needed still some maturing and developing to do.
0: Yeah, no, Central Arizona is, like, a powerhouse, Juco. Yeah, um, but your your absolutely. JUCO Mesa was I think you guys were what forty three and eighteen both seasons you were there so you guys were pretty mm-hmm. pretty dominant. No,
1: we had we had a great two like the two teams we had our, my freshman year we were pretty much all freshmen I think we only had like five sophomores on the team, um, so that sophomore year was like pretty much the same team and we had a great group of guys on that team that like were really close like there was no bad apples like mm-hmm. it was like. Like, a team that you would want to go to the World Series with. We should have went to the World Series. But both years, we got, like, upset in the final round of playoffs. But um, those were honestly, like, two of my favorite years of baseball I've ever had. It was probably at, the, at my Mesa Community College.
0: You know, a lot of people tell me that, like, their JUCO years were some of their most exciting and memorable years. Um, and uh, people who go the JUCO route, like, they all see you transfer to D1. Like, it's, it's a legit, like, mm-hmm. and there's some studs <laughs> at JUCOs.
1: Oh, Absolutely, and like Arizona for hitters, like it's a wood bat league. So I thought that was kind of like cool too. Like you kind of show like you can do it. Like like you're not using metal. Um, And I mean like Arizona, we can play all year round. So like guys, like you know, we're playing all year round. You got potential. You have. You have a pie. Like. There's guys that come out of Eastern and Western Arizona. Yeah. Like, there's some guys that come out of like those JUCOs in Arizona for sure.
0: Do you have any funny JUCO stories? Because I talked to guys actually who went to Central Arizona, and they say after every victory, they would like they had like, these modular buildings. They would like just fight each other. Like they'll pick a team and be like, "All right, I'm gonna fight you," and they'll just wrestle on the ground. Fight you?
1: <laughs> well, if you want to go the fighting route, we used to, we used to have to run six minute miles um, at Mesa every Tuesday in the fall. And to get out of the last one, you can either, uh, you can, t- our, our coach, he's very, very old school. Yeah. He he actually grew up he's super Italian, like old oh. Italian man. Like I love him to death, but he, he was, uh, he grew up like a boxer. And so to get out of the last mile, you can, you can take a week of boxing classes with him <laughs> where he teaches you basically the basics of boxing and you like spar your teammates and stuff. And at the end of every class, he, uh, He'll spar somebody, and he'll absolutely kick their ass. Like absolutely wallop on him. He is—he's probably got to be like sixties or seventies, and still will mollywop kids because he's just old school Italian brute, like kick your ass kind of guy. Did you ever go toe to toe with him? No, never. I wasn't that stupid. (laughs) Should I just run the mile? Yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. It's like I'll just run the mile because I had it timed down. Like I'll just do that. Like I'm not trying to fight this guy.
0: Yeah. So he was one of those old school coaches. Did he have these like old school like war stories that he would tell to get the boys hyped up and stuff? He
1: he was um just so gritty. Like he didn't. He was just he just wanted to play baseball. Really, like, he was just out there. He wasn't. His motivation was he like was like to run. you. Like, mm-hmm. He was one of those guys. Okay. Like he wasn't. He would yell when he needed to yell, but. It was mostly just like, if you screwed up, hop on the sled. Go run some sled. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Ju- Juco is different. Juco is so different because they don't got the NCAA, they don't have the regulations and stuff. So uh-uh. there's no, like, coaches, they'll just run you to the ground.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, with the six minute miles every Tuesday, like, if you didn't make it, you, were, you just had to run a mile after practice every day pretty much. <laughs> you were like, and guys still wouldn't make it, but he would still just make them run all fall, pretty much miles every day. And it's just, it was just
0: absurd. That So transferring from a Juco to like Dallas Baptist, you're probably just thinking like those yeah. workouts are nothing compared to what I had oh, done already.
1: It is a, it is a complete turnaround to like, I obviously see DBU still like, like they have like a gritty, men, like a Juco mentality with like nice things. Like Keith mm-hmm. runs like a very disciplined program and like, the workouts, they're still, they're they're structured. They're not as, like, JUCO. Um, And, like, obviously, the practices are really scheduled out and disciplined. It it is two different worlds, especially going from, like, super old-school baseball, junior college, like, old-school as you can get, to DBU, who is, like, pretty new school on, Mm -hmm. like, the, you know, that's back when, like, the launch angle stuff. Um, Hitting home runs is cool, and, like, that's what Heath was preaching, which was right up my alley. Like Heath was great for me to teach me like how to hit home runs. And yeah, you know, DV was on the front wave of like using technology and actually like learning how to swing. So it was definitely like completely different seeing both sides.
0: Yeah. And then you ended up never hitting again. And now you're just a pitcher.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know. Well, honestly though, I see some, like some of the stuff that pitchers have nowadays, like being around with the twins. I'm, I don't think I could have hit in pro ball, to be honest. Like, I think my swing would be way too long for some of the carry heaters and the velocity yeah. that guys are throwing. That I think I would have got my doors blown off. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, I, I'm i a pitcher and, you know, I've stuck with this.
0: Yeah. With the, the high velocity nowadays, like every bullpen has just 99, 99, 101, 102. And then, like, the, the kid from, uh, yeah, who went to uh, Tennessee, I can't, or not Tennessee. Who's that one? Joyce, who threw so like 103. Yeah, 104, Ben Joyce. Ben yeah, Joyce.
1: Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Tennessee. Yeah, he's, like, 101, 102. Like, I'm over on the depth side, and I'm watching Johan Duran, you know, yeah. get ready to go in, and his first pitch is, like, 102. And I'm sitting there, like, he was probably throwing 100 in the bullpen. Like, the dude just wakes up out of bed and, roll and like, rolls him out, and, yeah. and it's 101. Like, he is, like, it's easy. It's, it's, it's
0: easy. It's not even, like, it or it just seems so easy to them, too.
1: And that's what's, like, crazy about it is, like, he is, like, warming up in the bullpen, and he's, like, flicking the ball at, like, 95. And I'm, like, dude, it's taking everything I ever have, to throw 95 once in my life and this guy's like flicking at 95 and then like you really like break it down and like you think about it and it's like this dude's like a top three like thrower on the planet like Mm -hmm. like there's probably like maybe one or two other people that throw harder than this guy and it's like it's it's really cool to watch actually.
0: Yeah, no. I remember when the Yankees um, had had um, Chapman, and he was throwing like, one yeah. out, and like there was like the ooh, he's, mm-hmm. he's hitting triple digits, and I was like, if you don't hit triple digits, is like, you know,
1: whatever. Especially, like a a bullpen as a bullpen guy, yeah. like you need if you're not hitting triple digits, then you have you have like some sort of like wipeout slider. Yeah, like you have to.
0: No, for so. sure. Um so you talking about not throwing hard and stuff. Um do you have any advice cuz you're not a hard thrower, but do you have any advice for mm-hmm. you, and you're finding success in the minors for guys who maybe don't throw hard like and they they're they're they just can't cuz not everybody can hit, you know, high 9s, uh, one one triple digits and stuff. But like what advice do you have for guys who don't throw as hard?
1: You know, obviously like command, everyone wants to talk about velocity versus command. Like velocity is king, especially when like you are younger and like trying to get like, it it just, it is the nature of the business. Velocity is king, but like you don't, you still have to throw strikes with velocity. There's guys in in pro ball that throw a hundred that don't throw strikes Mm -hmm. and do not go anywhere because of it. Um, you know, so like the command portion is, is like a big thing. I think, uh, something that we don't really talk about, we talk a lot about, you know, like, uh, pitch profiles and you know like knowing who you are and you're a carry guy or like an east west guy um i I think like pitchability is like what i have learned from being a low velocity like um i have to set my pitches up like i have in that in that like even if i don't throw a fastball exactly where i want it if i'm throwing competitive like pitches near the zone or at the zone it's gonna set all my stuff up Mm -hmm. like that's kind of where i think the command portion comes a big thing because like if you are pumping strikes in the zone, you can mix and match your sequences and like that is what I have felt has been so effective is like when I'm throwing strikes, I can throw what I want, where I want it, when I want it and, and like, the more you pitch, the more you'll read hitters and learn what swings look like and what in like what their takes look like. like if a guy didn't see a pitch, like I might throw it again to see what he looked like so, being able to like read hitters, see their swings, and, and, and all while like commanding, like, yeah, it, it is the biggest for like low velocity guys. Just because, like, you don't, you're not, like, you're not going to blow guys away with your fastball. So, like, you know, you got to like set it up to where like it looks yeah. 100 because you just do a change up on the corner, like, you know it's just being being a pitcher really like pitchability
0: no for sure for sure Mm -hmm. um so you you go from juco to um, dallas baptist what went into that decision to go to uh, dbu like was there other universities you're interested in um like what would it's obviously dallas Baptist is another really good program
1: i committed really early so i committed fall of my sophomore year mesa i um they have, like, this all-star game, this sophomore all-star game, where they take, like, the sophomores that are upcoming in the year and they play in this big all-star game. And that's where DBU called me. I had, like, a really good showing, like, in BP, and then I hit the ball really well in the game. So they called me the next day, and I had also gotten a call from, like, quite a few other schools. But like, DBU is by far, like, probably like the biggest school. It was mm-hmm. still early in the fall. And they, like, a week later flew me out for uh, the, like, to go on my visit. And I mean, it, the stadium was, was super nice. It was in Texas. It was division one in the mm-hmm. heart of like, like the South of like, you know, I could play baseball all year round. Uh, the Dallas the city of Dallas looked stick. Like eh, it was a offensive school where like I was going to hit home runs. Like mm-hmm. I was going to learn how to be like a big league hitter, everything. Like they were on the development side of things. Like everything felt right. Like it was just like, why can I pass and they gave me a good offer and I was like why would I Mm -hmm. pass this up like it's everything I want yeah hindsight being 2020 I had like a really good sophomore year especially hitting wise like if I would have waited maybe I would have went to a bigger school but like who's to say I wouldn't have played then like at Mm -hmm. least at DBU I played in a top 25 mid-major and I got to play so it's like I'm playing I'm still playing all these big schools midweeks, and then on the weekends, Missouri, like, we were playing some, like, Missouri State's, like, really good. Um, so like, we were still playing really good schools. And it, was, it was more of just, like, it was a good fit.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite school to uh, pitch or hit against or pitch against? Either way, uh, maybe their fans were a little extra cocky. Just, they chirped a little bit. You're like, all right, I got Well, it.
1: <laughs> I always go back to that, our regional championship game. We were playing in that regional against Arkansas. It was in Fayetteville. Um, we lost that first one to Southern Miss, but we ended up coming all the way back and playing in that regional championship versus Arkansas. Um, and it was unbelievable. It was absolutely insane environment. I think mean, there was 13,000 fans and they, you could hear them. Yeah. They had like this, that a tradition where they do like the Wu pig Sui chant and like i remember sta- i pitched that game and i remember standing on the mound like looking around just being like and they were doing it yeah and i was like laughing i was like i'm not supposed to be here right now like this is unbelievable and then there was a guy i remember that sat right next to the uh on deck circle for arkansas and he was letting every single guy have it every single pitch our whole team was getting him and i remember like i flipped the base hit in the right center like still on first base and i was like waving to him and like trying to give it back to me they're like we ended up losing like a 4-3 game and they ended up going on, but, but they were, they were loud, yeah. very, very loud. Going, we went to Clemson too, who's actually my roommate, Chris Williams. Um, he went to Clemson the same time and we got swept there uh, that second weekend at DBU and uh, well we were at Clemson and they, they, their fans were really cool. That, that was more of like a historic tradition kind yeah. of school like every time they hit a home run everyone's singing like the fight song and yeah. like they got they got like seven or eight thousand on like the friday night game and it was it was loud too it was yeah. hostile environment for sure that's crazy
0: so when was your like mm-hmm. if to when moment when you stop saying you know if i get drafted if you know a team wants me and you started thinking to yourself when i get drafted when a team calls my name like did you ever have that moment mm-hmm. in
1: college uh i thought after my sophomore year in junior college i thought there was a chance i would go because i had a really good year and that but i only i only filled out like looking back i could like (laughs) no teams were really i only filled out like two questionnaires now that i know what the process what 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 the process is like no teams were talking to me like uh it was probably until uh when I got to DBU, like, the fall, I started having a lot of interviews with teams. Yeah. And then, like, the beginning of spring, um, you know, and, and like, like the overwhelming majority, it, the conversations felt like we, we were going to have to see how the spring went. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a good fall. They liked what they saw, but they just needed to see it, like, a season of it, like, happen yeah. over time, right? And then, you know, I ended up doing, have, like, a decent season. And, like, I mean, I didn't pitch that well, so it's, like, still surprising that, yeah. like, you know, a team picked me up as a pitcher but um it was probably that when like that time when i was like oh like pro ball is like an option
0: yeah you're talking about mdu or dbu you so Ben Mm over's pitch uh, pitch there are there just like walking Mm -hmm. legends of like the things he did in college because like he's just an absolute stud two-time world series champ like one of the greater players to come out of there
1: there's honestly not a lot about Zobi. I think Zobi just played a little bit before, because like, I don't even think uh, Heath was there when Zobi was there. Um, but I got I got some stories about uh, Wes Johnson, who was with the Twins, yeah. and then now is with LSU. And then there's all kinds of players like uh, Derek Hall with the Phillies, like legend, like him hitting four home runs in one Jeez. game, like there was another guy that I played with with the twins what was his name uh Brandon coach okay um he was a like a legend at uh at uh DVU but West definitely was like I heard lots of stories about West. like um uh, because like he's a pretty like uh high energy guy like yeah. coach like he's super high energy and like I heard he's like a dictator down underneath that's our stadium where like our pitching lab was, like making guys push sledge, throw oh. weighted balls as hard as they can, like just absolutely going nuts with the guys on there. But he would get guys to throw fuzz, like guys would come in like the DBU with size and stuff, and he would get guys to throw 100. Like he Jeez. knew how to do it. So there's all kinds of stories about him, you know,
0: yeah. getting
1: guys to throw fuzz.
0: Wow, and I mean, you, you should we set up a time for you to meet with him or something? Like, how do we how do we get a couple extra miles? I know, per right? Hour well, your... it's like,
1: well, I was hyped too when he got the pitching coaching job with the Twins. I was like, oh, sick! Maybe I'll have like a little in with Dvu, yeah. and then he, you know, he ended up leaving for LSU and stuff. But and I never really even got to like work with him because he was on the um, big league side of yeah. everything of uh, things when I was still uh, early in my career.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the minors. You get drafted. You go to mm-hmm. uh. Where, where you? Where's your guys high A, low A?
1: Uh. So they got switched up. So we when I got drafted in eighteen, we they still had rookie ball. I went to E Town and then yeah. nineteen. What CR was the low A in nineteen? And then
0: it was and then high A again.
1: After, after and then after the COVID season, they flip flopped uh, Fort Myers and CR. So now okay. CR is the high A, and then Fort Myers is the low A. Okay. So at the time in nineteen. I went to see Oh, I spent the first month and a half in extended, and then I got to CR at the end of May, and uh, '19, and I went. I played there the whole year.
0: Yeah. So, um, how was your experience with Beloit then? Because I, I, I talked oh, to uh, God. <laughs> I talked to guys all the time in the Midwest League. I'm like, tell me about Beloit, because that has to be one of the. Uh, now it's nice, but at the time, one of the like nastiest stadiums to ever like be in existence.
1: I mean. The absolute worst is playing a Sunday day game on, in Beloit when it's July. Like, it's 100 degrees, humid, and you're sitting in that concrete bunker of a dugout. With, and it's tiny, and there's, like, 15 or 20 dudes in there. And it, it sucked. It is not fun. And then, like, playing surface was not great. Right. Obviously, it's no stadium vibes at all, like – it is like playing at a high school field. Yeah. It was not 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 fun. How was the locker room? Because I talked to
0: guys who who were like, yeah, the locker room. Maybe it was a different stadium, but it was like dirt. Like the ground was dirt when they got out of the showers and oh, stuff. Oh, that
1: was, that was uh, Clinton, Iowa. Oh, that yeah. Was, uh, yes, yes. They're not an affiliate anymore. But, yeah, dirt floors. We got fed. Uh, we got oh, it was like a tuna. Uh, what was it? Like a crab uh, casserole out of like an igloo cooler. What? Like they put the casserole in the cooler and like gave us a spoon to scoop it. No one, no one ate bread that day. Just sat there. What is the worst yeah, bread or is that floors. the worst bread you've had? Oh, man. I mean, that's up there. Last year in Wichita, we got literally a single piece of ham with cherry glaze on it. No sides, no, no veggies, just a piece of ham with cherry glaze. The, the the most fun's always when you cut into like a chicken breast that's like not fully cooked it's, it's still like raw yeah. that's happened a couple times um you know the twins were pretty lucky actually with how they take care of us and like spread and stuff usually like, like 80% of the time yeah. the bread's like solid like it's, it's edible the other, the other 20% of the time like yeah you're getting raw chicken still or so
0: yeah that's my Mine uh, my nice no joke
1: no. And I mean, some teams have it way worse than us. So I can only imagine what other teams got. Do
0: you think, uh, do you think being a Juco player kind of prepared you for the grind that is the minor, that is the minor leagues?
1: Definitely. I think uh, I lived at home when I was in Juco. Like I was only 30 minutes mm-hmm. from my cam- uh, campus. I think even if I lived off, it would have been even, even more of like a grind, but mm-hmm. definitely like three times a week in Juco, we were waking up at five. Like, I was up at like, 4 a.m. driving for 5:30 30 and wait Jeez. Tuesday every Tuesday was a mile you know and it's practice every day like and there's no like obviously no NCAA restrictions for how yeah. long like there yeah. it's, it's a baseball full-on like baseball practice every fall and then I'm pretty sure it's the weekends you get off but like it's pretty much like that for your entirety of fall on top of like school and stuff too so it was a grind. So it made things like now where I don't have to do, deal with school and I don't have to deal with, like, they actually let us sleep with yeah. the twins, like, in recover. Um, it's not near as bad.
0: That's cool. So in the in the minors, you've been pitching um, starter, relieving. Um, obviously, there are two different mm-hmm. animals you did both in college and stuff. Um, what has been your preference? Because, I mean, you, you found success, you know, as a starter, but also as a reliever, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely, if I had to choose between the two, I think. I would pick a starter uh for a couple of reasons. Uh you know, starters I just feel like uh have more longevity, they mm. you know, obviously are valuable. Yeah. Um they obviously get they get paid more. Uh I like being a starter for the fact that like I like having my own routine and knowing what I'm gonna throw every day. The last year I was built up as a starter the whole year and then uh right at the end of the year or right before we broke camp, they uh told us or told me that, uh, I was going to be in the bullpen to start. And so like, that was a whole new, uh, experience for me, trying to like, uh, figure out the bullpen the first month of the season. Like they threw a lot of like pitch clock. I was going to the bullpen and they brought in those new baseballs. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely took an adjustment to the life of like, Hey, get hot. (laughs) You got (laughs) next batter. Like, um, definitely a lot different than knowing when you're going to pitch and having all the time in the world to make, make sure you're ready. And like, I definitely noticed that in my, like confidence and how I pitched like starter, I was fine. Like I had enough time to make sure everything was clean, crisp. My body was ready to go. Like pitches, pitch shapes were good. Pitches were like coming out good. Like hitting my cues that I needed to like hit to make sure like pitches were good. Whereas like the bullpen, like, I got like 10 pitches to make sure I'm like, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I got to tell them I'm ready to go in the game. Like, they need me. So, it's like I have, like, 10 pitches to get ready. And, like, 10 pitches, like, I need the first 10 in the bullpen to, like, kind of, like, feel the slope. Yeah. And then, like, I can start worrying about, like, pitch shape and stuff. Um, But I definitely think if I had to choose, I would choose starter. Although, like, being in depth camp this spring training has been more of, like, that wild card, don't know when you're getting in or, or you're only going in for dirty innings. Like Yeah. You're going in with guys on, like, um, and I have found some success in like my process and how I go about like being ready. So mm-hmm. that's been exciting. Um, but I think if I had to choose, it'd probably be definitely a starter.
0: Yeah. What do you do to get yourself hyped up when you're relieving? I mean, are you like a Red Bull kind of guy, uh, pre-workout smelling something? Yeah. Like, no. So I'm thing? like a.
1: Uh, see, I'm like a pretty even keel guy. Like my thing is, I have to. Like I'm so like, I guess you could say like. Feel like yeah. down here that like I have to like get myself up usually a nice scoop of pre-workout will do the trick um
0: with water or no
1: I'll, I'll like dry scoop it yeah. and then like just shoot it or like like what I've been doing on the on the big league side is I'll, I'll just have a water bottle ready
0: yeah
1: and like if I kind of feel like things are going that way I'll start drinking it a little bit and then like once like I'm on the mound getting ready like I'll just jug the rest of it try to get it in there and get going usually it's just free workout. A lot of times I have trouble like just staying warm, staying loose, like body tightens up and mm-hmm. it's like trying to find the like what's too much and what's not enough, yeah, like that balance. finding that even balance, yeah. For sure.
0: What has been your favorite moment of spring training so far? Are you talk about like backing up in, in major league camp and stuff, like have you yeah. faced anybody where you're like, oh my goodness, I watched him in co- when I was in high school and college and stuff.
1: <sighs> I haven't gotten to face like my the most big leaguer that I faced the Red Sox like last Saturday. I came in a dirty inning, first and third one out. I like pitched well. I faced Tristan Casas, who was on my fall league team, so I knew him. Adam Adam Duval was like a pretty like Yeah. He's like known big leaguer. And then uh, Christian Arroyo too with the Red Sox. Like been a big leaguer for a little while. I faced those three guys. Um How'd you do? But I did good. I um Costas, I got to hit a fly. So it's first and third one out. Costas hit a fly ball, like a shallow fly ball to left. Um, runner didn't tag up. So then there was two outs. First pitch to the to Adam Duval. Guy stole to so a second, third, two outs. Ended up getting Duvall like to like a two strike count. And he kept fouling off all this shit, and like it was, I was making good pitches. Yeah. Like he just kept tinking and tucking, and I finally busted him with a cutter, and he hit like this. I've never had a hit like this before. He chip shot at it over my head and like it was way too late by the time i saw it it went in and out of the sun above me and like by the time i realized i was like that's not hit hard enough for my infielders to get that and it was like a literally like a chip shot right over my head and then it fell right between second base the mound that little grass spot like right in the middle and like i I stood on the mound and like when i looked the ball was just like like not that far like i probably wouldn't have caught it but i was like i probably should have made an effort for that um, I I never had a hit like that, and so like a run a runner ended up scoring like it was a single like yeah. it, it was just bad luck, and then I got a royal to like hit a soft liner to short and like get out of it. So I made some good pitches and like executed. and It was just like one of those things where it was just like ah
0: <laughs> stupid hit. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're not pitching, what do you do for fun? Are you a like a, a gamer? A, a yeah. golfer?
1: Like what's your what's your thing? Not in the golf. I. I keep telling myself I want to get more into it because, like, all my teammates, pretty yeah, much everyone plays golf. Yeah. Um, we since I've been living, the twins have like an academy-style housing. It's like it's essentially like a hotel, mm-hmm. like on on site. Um, so me, I've been staying here with me and my roommate, and we pretty much just grind video games. That's pretty much all there is to do around here is play video games. Yeah. What, so do, you, what do you guys play? We've been switching back and forth. We've been playing a lot of COD. A lot. We were playing Fortnite for a while. Um, my friend uh, Chris, he plays Rocket League. We've been playing some Overwatch. So just like some shooters. Yeah. Stuff like that.
0: Did I, I? Well, I'm I'm with you with golf. I keep on telling myself I'm gonna get into it because like, I a ton of baseball players that I know are like, yeah, let's golf. And I'm like I. Yeah. I, I I don't know how.
1: <laughs> I know it and everyone but I but everyone I talk to hates golf too at the same time. Okay. They like gets so pissed off at it. And I hear about uh how expensive it is too.
0: It is a very expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm with you on gaming though. Like every like I'll be grinding it out too with the with the with the COD and the Fortnite. And I I started I dabbled in Rocket League for like a couple of months and then I realized mm-hmm. like the learning curve is so steep. I feel like and so I couldn't.
1: crazy. Yeah. Well, like, there's some guys that are, like, really mm-hmm. good at Rocket League. And, like, I I got into it playing it, like, the first month I was here. Yeah. Uh, just because they were all playing it. I was trying to, like, play with them. And, like, I just could not, like, it was just not even close. Like, it wasn't even fun for me. I was just getting schooled. Like, it wasn't fun. So, I kind of, like, dropped it, put it down. Just because, like, the learning curve is ridiculous, like, how to play.
0: Yeah. What is your uh, walk-up music or hype-up music before you before you pitch and stuff? Are oh. you... Cause you said you were kind of chill and calm and you kind of give me like, because yeah. I'm, I'm a Cali guy. Originally you kind of give me like Cali vibes yeah, yeah, yeah. with the hair, the hat, <laughs> but no, uh, I you're... actually
1: don't listen to what like, I, for some reason during COVID I got like this big, like rock kick. Like I was just like listening to like eighties rock for like the longest time, specifically like Molly Crue. Like I just couldn't like not listen to Molly Crue. And now I'm like this year I've been in such like a wide range of music mm-hmm. that like, it's been all over the place. I've been like rock to country to hip hop to like then like 90s hip hop. Like it's just been all over the place. Like I haven't found one that's like been like, all right, I want to listen to this like yeah. all day, every day. It's been all over the place recently.
0: No, I feel that. Uh, who, who's, who's been the f- toughest batter, like or yeah, batter you faced, you know, maybe in the last couple of years as a minor leaguer or somebody you just can't get out? Like they just have your number.
1: <laughs> Hands down, George Walker from the Cardinals. He is nasty he he we kind of laugh like not at, he just has the biggest biggest dome you've ever seen like his helmet doesn't sti- he's such a big human that like his helmet does like they don't have a helmet big enough for yeah. him so he kind of like stands in the box and he's he's massive and he's also 20 years old like you like, remember Jeez. that too like you're looking at him you're like this is a grown man 20 yeah. he stands in the box and he's kind of open he's pretty tall and like you just see his forehead <laughs> And it's just massive. And it's, like, intimidating. Like, this guy's about to hit a ball so far. Yeah, so I faced faced Walker three times. Uh, I faced him in 21 where he hit, like, a piss rod single to left field uh, when he was, like, 18 years old. And then I faced him in uh, Springfield in 22 where he – he hit a fly ball to center. It was probably like 500 feet in here. Our center fielder thought I was going back. He went back, and then when he realized it was just like a fly ball, he split, and it fell for a double, but like since yeah. technically a double. double. And then the same game, or like maybe later in the season, I thought it would be funny to throw him like a 0-1, 2-seamer. Because like, usually my fastball cuts, so I was like, I'm going to surprise him right here, like steal a strike. And he clobbered it for a home run to center field. Um, he is – Every bit is like as good as they say he yeah. is, like he is a very good baseball player, and he can hit the ball very, very well,
0: yeah, wow. well, hey, I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, you know, moving forward, you can get you can get your uh, your wins on against him
1: for sure, absolutely.
0: um, well, hey, um before we end, I mean, um what is like the off season? like what are you like anything specific you're working on? um mm-hmm. like obviously it's coming to an end soon baseball season is just starting or coming soon mm-hmm. i guess um what if something you've been working on and um, continue to work on before the season's over or starts yeah
1: so a lot uh in the middle like i started having some struggles last year early on with my pitches i pretty much saw a cut fastball a slider and a change before beginning going into last year and coming out of the bullpen i was facing a lot of lefties and i was having a lot of trouble because I don't throw changeups ups lefties, so it's pretty much just cut fastball slider. And they were eliminating pretty much the inner half and just sitting on pitches that were moving away from them to left center. And I wasn't getting swing and miss. I wasn't, like, giving up home runs, but I wasn't – I was walking a couple guys, quite too many guys, and I wasn't striking out enough yeah. guys. And it was just because, like, my the cutter and slider did not do much off each other. So last year, in the middle of the year, we decided to start throwing a sinker and a sweeping slider. And that that's been my focus since then, and coming into this year was like I ended up throwing a decent sinker and got a, a pretty good sweeper last year. Um, started throwing them, so it's just been like refining those, hitting like player playing goals. Like my vert, my fur, my slider. My goal is to get it under seven. I pretty much have it like six to eight right now, and then the sweepers to get it over fifteen. And like that's been like I've been anywhere from like twelve to seventeen. Mm-hmm on the sweeper. But it's just like refining those to make sure that the sinker's under seven all the time and mm-hmm. that the sweeper's over fifteen all the time. Um which they've been both been been solid this spring and they're 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 good.
0: Awesome. That's exciting. Well hey this mm-hmm. this is uh I might make this the new official uh funnerberg podcast uh I, I like i tell all my guests this like you know like my my twitter account is now your burner account if i see people chop chirping i'm gonna chirp back
1: um yeah, let's go <laughs> yeah,
0: i got you back brother um i'm super excited that you it. were able to come on man and you know shout out to andrew gross for hooking it up again uh i do yeah, no, appreciate thank you, you taking your time
1: no absolutely thanks for having me on talking baseball a little bit